0: SportsGrid.com, betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering, real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.
1: Investors, it is another beautiful day in the neighborhood, Tuesday, October 6th. Let's cock-a-doodle-do-it. This is the early line right here on sports Grid, giving you the edge. I'm Dane Martinez, and as always, I got my main man, Kevin Walsh, live and direct, burning the candles at both ends, and we are trying to give you all the information you need to make it a profitable day, and hey, we're going to put the fun and functional sports content at the same time, and Kev, I don't know if the Patriots had any fun in their functional sports content yesterday. Imagine their day, Kev. They get on not one but two planes separated by people who had close contact with Cam Newton and those who didn't uh, fly and then, like, have an hour to go play the defending champion Super Bowl Chiefs with their backup quarterback. And honestly, Kev, they kept it close for, like, three quarters. And then ultimately, obviously, there was the pick six by Tyron Matthew and the Kansas City Chiefs get the job done. 26 to 10. They cover the point spread. They go to four and zero. This game was way under the total. Even in game live totals got into the low forties. You could have gone under them. And the Chiefs get it done. It don't matter what the circumstances. It is going to be hard to take out Patty Mahomes and the Chiefs here in twenty twenty.
2: They did it again. They were asleep. Uh, like they came out. First drive looked good. Had Sammy Watkins. Bad throw. Settle for three. Next drive got down the field, settle for three. Next drive, or maybe the drive after that, Sammy Watkins fumbles, and then they were just like, "Ah, oh, man, who even yep. cares? We're playing Brian Orton. And they just went to sleep, and it didn't cost them. It didn't cost them. And I got to say, Dane, I don't know if it's ever going to cost them. Right. Because right. <laughs> they only seem to do this against, like, it's like they pick their spots. They, It's like, nah, nah, we can do, like, we can do this against them. We're not worried about that, but well, oh, we're playing Lamar. Eh, here's an early thirty.
1: Oh, Watson. Right. Yeah,
2: here's here's a quick thirty bomb. We appreciate you guys showing up. Let us know, Justin Herbert.
1: We don't know so much. We may have
2: to flip the switch late. Like yeah. we're we're four in, and these very basic narratives apply to this team. And I don't know what to do next week when they play Vegas. And not to you know get ahead of ourselves, but like. Is that a division opponent that they'll show some respect? Who's through four weeks? Right. I give Vegas credit, Dave. I mean, that two losses are the Bills and the Pats. One in New England, like they hung around with Buffalo, mm-hmm. like, or they kind of like, eh. Is this an every other week thing, maybe, with this team? Odds and evens, like. So I, I don't lem- know what. Let me really... tell you something
1: though. Yeah, they only scored nineteen points offensively. OK, and yeah. I know sometimes you're on in game live and sometimes you don't hear some of the telecasts. But and, you know, I have been making the point to you about how defenses play the Chiefs for a number of reasons on the telecast. Again, they made the point that New England, you know, and we talked about this, right. Bill Belichick was going to cook up something right to try to play left handed, whatever the case may be to me. And let me tell you, let me see if you uh, if this resonates with you, they were rushing three. Dropping eight into coverage a lot, Kev. And here's what happens with that, okay? You saw Patty Mahomes have to scramble a bunch, and he did, right? Mahomes wound up, what was he? He he winds up with eight rushes, right? That's a high total. And if you look, a lot of times you say that, Kev, they go right down the field. But then in the red zone, when you have eight people in a zone across the place, it gets a little bit harder, right? They were worried about the going over the top as we welcome in our radio audience from around the country, including the mightier 1090. Thank you for waking up very early with us, right? But then as things condense in the red zone, right, Kev? Then having eight people in a zone becomes a little harder. And you saw in the red zone, they had to both of Patty Mahomes' touchdowns, right? Let's be real. We're not really touchdowns. We're those little pop passes to the wide receivers going out wide. And I think that is a function of what Bill Belichick was trying to do. And it wound up only giving up like 19 points offensively.
2: Right. But look, here's the thing. Let's just say Tyram and takes that pick and ends up stepping out of bounds, right? The way the chiefs were rolling, they were putting in points. So now all of a sudden it does go back to twenty-six. Right. And here's my thing though, that, to me, the fact that it, both of those touchdowns were a little pop passes says that Reed probably figured some stuff out. Yeah, they have because, the answers
1: to the questions.
2: They do. Well, no, because, I mean, that's the <laughs> they thing, do. right? Like, they, they, as a team, scored 20 points over the final 16 minutes of this game. So, like, them saying, oh, okay, you're going to drop people back. We get our speedsters downhill, boys in space, and we're going to score touchdowns. And they were right. So that's really where... I understand and I'll tell you this though. The re I, 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 I bet the Chiefs in a couple of ways and a live bet really saved our bacon there. But what surprised me and I don't know if I should have been surprised, I don't know what to make of the New England defense. I don't. Right. And I still don't leaving this game. I don't know if this is a good group. I don't know if this is a average, a top twelve, a top ten, a a bottom 20. They're not what they
1: were last year, right? They're not what they were last year. I think they are still above average. And then you got to trust the scheme and the coaching in a game specific way to try to, you know, come up with something.
2: Yeah. And look, I mean, Bill and and Reed have been doing this dance now for, for a couple of years. I, I just, you know, you and I talked very, very highly of new England, right? Off of the loss to Seattle. I just I don't know where I am right now on this team I don't know where I am I don't know if they are up there like man it's just it's the Chiefs
0: sportsgrid.com betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering real-time odds predictive betting models expert picks and more want the edge? then get on the grid sportsgrid.com
1: Welcome back in, everybody. Right here on to the early line, Dane Martinez and Kevin Walsh. And Kev, I do want to ask you some more questions about this game, okay? Um, because remember when, first of all, the Chiefs played the Ravens last week, and we agreed that maybe the Chiefs, when they were toying with them late in the game, were just putting things on tape purposely to have it in the mind of all the contenders to then be able to do the opposite. Well, they didn't have that ability, right? Uh, the Patriots without Cam Newton, Julian Edelman was clearly compromised. Sony Michelle on IR. So my question for you, after what you saw last night and that for maybe a half or maybe a little while, just the scheme and strategy of the Patriots were kind of enough to keep up. What happens if Cam is the quarterback? You know, because we were excited, right, to see what Cam could do against the team. They stayed close. Is this a situation? Does this reinforce for you? Maybe that Cam is worth three and a half points. Maybe him and Edelman and Michelle could have made this look different?
2: So, I mean, he is so much better than Hoyer instead of could ever imagine. But I was talking to someone who knows this Chiefs team pretty well, and... I was talking about the, the bets that I had made on the game. I And I had the Chiefs team total over 30 and a half. I had Mahomes right. over two and a half touchdown passes. And we had the Edwards-Alaire rushing prop. All of them lost. Right. All of them lost. Right? Had a live bet that, saved, again, saved the day. But I was talking to the person about those bets. And this was before the game unfolded. And was told, you made bets like Cam was playing. Cam's not playing. Mm. I didn't make Pat's bets.
1: I made Chiefs bets. Right. Couldn't have been more right. Right, they the could team have, total of 30 because you thought they would have to keep up with something as opposed to, but, you, you know, mean, slap Jared him and Brian correct. Boyer down and then, yeah.
2: Correct. And, but, like, I mean, I knew Cam wasn't playing when I made those yeah. bets, but that's how they were described to me. And, and boy, does In terms it feel of game flow, yeah. sickening, though, when someone is that correct about the bets that you made. Like, but that's what it was. So, yes, the Patriots, I mean, we can now all agree, okay, Without Cam Newton, they would have been terrible. The way that a lot of us thought they would have been terrible. But I don't know, and that's the thing with the Chiefs, if I can go, okay, so I take the Hoyer mistakes, I remove those, I put Cam in the game, they're better, final score, 23-17. Like, you know what I mean? I don't know if we can do that because the Chiefs... It's not formulaic like that, right. Yeah, the Chiefs right now are just a different animal depending on who they're playing.
1: So let me ask you this about the Chiefs being a different animal. And I, I, I will admit, I saw someone else talking about this on another network. And, you know, again, as it's compared to Lamar or Deshaun Watson, right? Like, and you're a basketball guy. What if Lamar Jackson is just like Stockton and Malone or Patrick Ewing? or Hakeem Olajuwon, or any other Charles Barkley, or any other legitimately great Hall of Fame kind of player, but they just have Michael Jordan in the way for their entire career. And in this scenario, (laughs) Patty Mahomes is just Michael Jordan. And what if we're talking about the Ravens and Russell Wilson and all these other teams? But I'm with you, Kev. Every single time I see the Chiefs play, I'm more confounded and continue to search like, How are you going to stop these guys in a spot when they're not sleepwalking? You know, like, what are you really Mm -hmm. going to do? How do you actually contain or stop these guys? I don't know that there is an answer. And I'm now seeing, like, all these other teams who may be able to do it. And they're falling by the wayside. Is the gap between the Chiefs and the rest of the NFL growing each week?
2: Yeah, I mean… Yeah, look, that's, look this, they're the best team in the league, right? They're, they're, like, it's really, I have no time for the for the, for the the hot takes of, you can think someone might be able to beat them, but they are the best team in the league. I will right. say, the way to beat them is probably the same way that you were supposed to beat this team for years now, since Mahomes took over. You need to run the football, and you need mm-hmm. to get in front. And mm-hmm. the thing is, the Ravens can do that. They can. I I mean, listen, you and I could spend the next two hours talking about the approach the Ravens took in that football game, and we still right. won't be able to understand what was going on there. They ran the ball down their throats for four quarters, effectively, and yet somehow constantly were in third and long. Like, it made no sense what, what in the world they were doing. And ultimately, that's how the game was such a disaster. You know, and there's a couple of teams in the AFC, right? You think about what the Colts want to be, what the Titans want to be, what the Browns want to be. There's a couple of teams in the AFC that are pretty interesting matchups, right, for the Kansas City Chiefs. But Mm -hmm. they are the top dog. There's no debate otherwise.
1: All right, fair enough. And I I think you're right. You got to try to run the ball. You got to try to punch him in the mouth. You got to keep that half a billion dollar man on the sidelines. And listen, Harris goes 17 carries for 100 yards, right? They had long drives. They were trying to yeah. do that. I remember last year in back-to-back weeks when the Texans and Colts back-to-back got him. Marlon Mack ran for over 100 on him. Carlos Hyde ran for over 100 on him. That mm-hmm. is the blueprint. There are just very few teams, especially in the AFC, that might be able to do that. There's one that's dealing with COVID right now. There's one in Pittsburgh, maybe. There's one in Baltimore. And ironically, there's another one in Cleveland that may be able to do that, although they had one of their big running backs get banged out. But we will turn our attention to the other Monday night football game, the original Monday night football game. And listen, we all know, knew what this was about coming in, Right? Um, this was about the Falcons having gotten out to the big leads, Dan Quinn's job uh, status was uncertain. And we all heard no Devonte Adams. He let us know that himself via his Twitter account. There was no Alan Lazard because of the core muscle surgery, but Kev when you have a hall of fame quarterback when Uh you have the quarterback that i was telling you kev was interesting value in the mvp race when everyone's caught up about everybody else it can still be just fine. The Packers still put up 30 points. They get the win 30 to 16 at home. They go to 4 and 0 and Aaron Rodgers had four touchdowns and six incompletions in this one, throwing for 327. The tight end Robert Tunyon fills in admirably with three touchdown grabs.
2: Yeah, I mean, look, this this team did whatever they wanted and they also by the way got stopped on the one yard line twice, so this could have been a lot more. I want to ask you something, though, from a props perspective here, Dane. And I don't care yeah. if you end up talking to me with the uh, with hindsight in your pocket. That's not the point here. I played a Montez, uh, an MVS yards prop of 57 and a half. And his receiving prop, I believe, his reception prop was four and a half. Finishes with four yeah, and four 45. 45. What do yeah. you think of, of that wager coming into the game where he's
1: the number one wide receiver? I think it's a good wager. I think. And yeah. we have to understand here, okay? And 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 I think you make a good point because sometimes people say, like, oh, I'm still on the right side. And, you know, and I'll tell you, playing poker, playing back blackjack, sports investing, it is fantasy. It is a game of inputs, not necessarily a game of outputs, right, where you do the right thing and still lose sometimes, right? Mm-hmm. You can play blackjack, understand that, you know, the deal is showing a six. You're supposed to stay, and you still lose sometimes, right? You could do the right things and still lose sometimes. And I think what you are describing is that with Devontae Adams banged out, with no Allen Lazard, MVS logically became the number one target or that's what you would think, right? But Tanyan gets six for 98. He goes to Jamal Williams out of the backfield eight times. But I think it is sensible to know that this number one offense and Aaron Rodgers, if you're thinking, okay, there's going to be 300 yards, right? And now there's different slices of the pie yes it makes sense to think that the number one receiver left on the roster would get a sixth of that pie Mm. yes i think it's a fine bet it just burns you.
2: so here's the thing and i and i appreciate that and i agree with most of what you said but as i stare at these numbers i actually think i'm walking into a trap and we've now seen this happen multiple times on the year think about emmanuel sanders right no michael thomas we think he's gonna go off Steps into the one. He was awful up until last week in that absence of Michael Thomas. Think about, Dane, the spots that we saw throughout the NBA season consistently. Big-name player goes out, right? Then they go on the road. They're getting four, five more points the other direction. And what happens? They're like, win the game outright. The the, the Mavs did it without Luka in Milwaukee. Like, I think what we're seeing here is, yes, This, you know, MVS is now the number one wide receiver. He's not the Vontae Adams. So that now changes the approach in the pass game. And that's how now another running back is involved as much as Jamal Williams. Same with Kamara. That's how Robert Tanyan emerges. So I think we now need to take this as a lesson. Don't assume that these guys that walk into wide receiver one duties are going to deliver in the way of the people they're replacing.
1: Yeah, no, I hear that. That low-hanging fruit is not always the easiest win. We'll talk about it more when we come back.
0: SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.
1: Welcome back everybody, right here onto the early line, giving you the edge on sports grid, including our radio audience from around the country. Big shout out there on the West Coast to the Mightier 1090. Thank you for waking up very early with us, Dane and Kevin here putting the fun in functional sports content. On this game though, Kev, let's talk about the Atlanta side. Because they now fall to 0-4. And, and I want to ask you, listen, we came in here with, you know, Calvin Ridley and Julio Jones and Russell Gage. And that didn't really happen. Now, there was some injury concerns. I think Julio reaggravated a little bit. Gage coming back from the concussion. He didn't really perform. So, we have some odd names in the box score on the Atlanta side as well, huh, Kev?
2: Yeah. Uh, man, I played the Julio prompt and that one is a results over process type of thing, he was going over that number. Because he's the number one receiver. Like, it wasn't until, like, the fourth quarter, he wasn't the leading yard man on this team, right? I don't know what Calvin Ridley prop player's excuse is. That was (laughs) something else, man. Goodness me. No catches. This team stinks. This team is not good. And they really, it went the other way okay, this is what we talk about where um it's gonna go one of two ways. either you come out prideful, best performance of your season and you hang in there. Packers are four and all that team's real good. that team's real banged up and they didn't they couldn't stop them to save their season. And I mean I saw someone tweet jokingly, but also I felt accurately like at times I feel like the Falcons have nine men on defense.
1: I, I mean they showed
2: a replay. Where there were four guys that ran a route for the Packers.
0: Dream Three back, of yeah.
2: them uncovered. Uncut Like, not open. Not, like, right, right, right. nobody's waving deal. the arm and stuff. <laughs> yeah, like, right here. Oh, YouTube. Oh, he's open. as like, garbage. Yeah. And Dan Quinn's supposed to be an defensive head coach. Honestly, it's to the point, though. I don't care what they do with him anymore. I really don't. Like you want to sit there and let him coach sixteen, whatever. You you want to sit there and fire him tomorrow? Yeah, fine. This team is terrible. I'll tell you, they're what. going nowhere. They are not making mm-hmm. the playoffs. There's no salvaging this nonsense. And you're better off it, try, starting to ask yourself what you're
1: going to do with Matt Ryan. Well, to that point, right, if they do completely defecate the mattress all season and have one of those top picks, could Atlanta be a team that passes the baton? You know, we talk about sometimes teams, when else are they going to be that high in the draft? Do they pluck the franchise quarterback when they get a chance? You know, the Chargers did it last year. A team that's not usually drafting that high took the opportunity to do so. You know, you mentioned the idea of Dan Quinn, right, and and that – is where i go next there are a lot of people who were wondering what do we do about dan quinn is his job on the line how hot is his seat and i I, listen last year he was on the hot seat then they made that rocky morris change to defense and the defense got hot right for like four or five games saved everyone's job but now they're right back here giving up like 30 points a game however if Arthur Blank and the Atlanta Falcons decide to move on from Dan Quinn. Uh He will not be the first coach let go in the NFL this season. That honor goes to former Houston Texans coach and GM Bill O'Brien. Now this is interesting Kev, because people have been clamoring for Bill O'Brien's job as a coach. And as a GM for a while now. Remember some of the trades he made. It's on social media like a joke when someone demands a trade, being like, hey, Bill O'Brien will offer the farm for him. You know, so, but it is finally done. The Houston Texans, you know, they are 0-4. They had a tough schedule at the start. They then lose against Minnesota in the Battle of 0-3 teams on Sunday. They make the move. <sighs> Was this the right move? Was it the right timing? What do you think Deshaun Watson has to say about this? What are your reactions when you (laughs) heard the news, Bill O'Brien gone as head coach and GM of the Houston Texans?
2: It's a weird thing for me to be prideful that I was right about, but if you'll allow me, I said this was the biggest takeaway of the entire week four, was that loss for that team. Because... It stopped all excuses about how tough the schedule was. It now starts to set in that you don't have your first or second round pick. Like this isn't going to be your year. They man, Dane, they're the highest payroll in the league. What? What? Like, how is that possible?
1: So Uh, maybe they're still playing Clowney and Hopkins. Some you know who knows? I'm
2: I'm sure. yeah. Yeah, I'm look. I'm sure everything's a disaster. Here's the thing with the Texans, man. If getting rid of Bill O'Brien can save this season, when they repost make playoff bets, I'm going to give it a look. I'm going to give it a look because it's the Jags next week. Who knows what can happen in division at Tennessee. Green Bay, okay, probably not. But then it's a bye week. There's a couple of more spots on the board that – they haven't played in division yet, okay? So if, if there's any chance that this team can try and turn the ship, I think that's why it was a very good move to get rid of him. It seemingly was becoming inevitable. If you fire yeah. him, you now host Jacksonville, you lose this game, look, who cares? That means it's going to be one of the worst years uh, that any team will have in, in the league, right? But if you win it, You can point to a clear change made. Whether it's getting Jacksonville or Bill O'Brien being gone, it doesn't matter. You can point to it and hope that then there's potentially some momentum that carries over and gives your season a chance.
1: All right, and we will see. You mentioned they have Jacksonville here in week five. You know, I just think they needed to make this move. Like, you could feel it, right? The walls were kind of closing in on it, and that's what happens when you give one person all the power right? Then they get all the blame as well. So, you know, I think this could be a good thing for Deshaun Watson long term, right? And we'll see if the GM, whoever that new GM is, if they start to prioritize that offensive line and protect Deshaun Watson and that defensive line and start to protect the run. I'm going to be on James Robinson rushing and receiving uh, prop bets in week five because of the way that defense has performed against the running back position. But I want to ask you, now that we can put week four to bed, right? Everything from a doubleheader on Monday night football to a coach losing his job. The one thing we also have to look back on on week four are the injuries that happened, right? And maybe not as much of a bloodbath as week two or some of the highest profile guys, but there were still some fantasy relevant and some big-time skill position players that got banged up. You know, Austin Eckler and Nick Chubb, first-round running backs, big-time potential bell cows for their teams who want to run the ball, have been placed on IR with hamstring and ankle injuries. O.J. Howard, so the tight end position, right? Noah Fant and O.J. Howard adding to, like, a Dallas Goddard who got banged out last week. And remember, Sam Darnold, he continued in that game. You talked to Dr. Chow I think live saying it wasn't that horrible, but they are now saying he's got to manage that shoulder injury. And we have no idea about Cam Newton, right? Like, will he be able to play? It's maybe not an injury per se, but his availability is in question as well, Kev, of all these players, of all these injuries, which do you think is the headline one heading into week five? Well, it is
2: Cam. Like there's a correct okay. answer to that question. It's the star. It's a starting quarterback who we saw how on a playoff caliber team. team. Right. Exactly right. That is to to me because Sam Darnold's a starting quarterback also. But you know, yeah, well, and, and to, the thing is though, that's the the better answer. Right now, it's six and a half that Arizona lays, so the numbers moving in the Jets' direction. If he doesn't play, it's a mad dash to beat the book before they close it. Right. and the Cardinals lay ten and a half. Which, like, I don't right. know if it's correct or not because of Flacco, but that's a very, very big tilt spot.
1: Yeah, absolutely. You know, I I go to Nick Chubb. I go to Nick Chubb, Kev. Gesundheit. Because, honestly, we, I have said to you many times, I don't know how much you're on on the gravy train with me, I believe what could be good for these Cleveland Browns is this identity, right? Running the ball, play action. We have seen them put up 30 points in a row when they – can implement what they want to do. Baltimore week one, boat race them, right? And Nick Chubb is clearly so important to that run game. Don't get me wrong. Kareem Hunt is a great back. He's going to be a top 10 fantasy play if Nick Chubb is not there. But that running threat that they had in that one-two punch was so critical for the Cleveland Browns. And I don't know if some of these next man up are going to be able to do it for Cleveland. Well, that's where... You'll get the disagreement from me. Not okay. in
2: what they want to be or their approach to the game. It's that the next. You like man this up. Williams and Iliad kid? Okay. I don't care about either one of them. I don't care about either one of them. Kareem Hunt might be a top five running back in football. And that's all, because that's all we've seen from him in his career is that he's, that he's produces like a top five back in football. Now, my question is. What And I think it's very important to put the ear to the ground on what Stefanski says his plan is. Him not right. ending this game with the most carries on the team is either him saying the Cowboys stink and we don't have to worry about it, rest up, we've got a big game next week. Or he doesn't want Kareem Hunt to carry the ball 20, 25 times a game. If it's yep. the former, I don't love that, okay? Or, excuse me, rather, if it's the latter, I don't love it. But if it's the former, I'm so in. Oh, I'm so in. We're betting every Kareem Hunt prop, and he is going to produce, I, I promise, at a top five running back level. It's a matter of whether or not he's willing to give him those touches.
1: No, I, 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 I see it similarly to you. Right. And I, my, I, you're right. we got to keep your ear to the ground. My knee jerk reaction is remember Kareem Hunt entered that game with a little bit of a groin issue as well. Yeah. Right. And so for yeah. me, my knee jerk reaction would be like, Hey, we're up in this game. Let's preserve Kareem hunt. We know we need to. And I think that's why the, you know, the Williams and the Hilliards got burned. I would be interested to see what happens next week. I do believe though, They face the number one defense in the NFL in the Indianapolis Colts. So I love Kareem Hunt. And if he becomes bell cow status, right, but if they try to replace him with someone else to maintain the timeshare, it's a little bit different. We got a whole lot to talk about still in football when we come back here on the early line Welcome back here onto the early line, giving you the edge on sports grid, Dane and Kevin putting the fun in functional sports content. And listen, we got to continue to look at these injuries, right? From week four, we talked about the Nick Chubb one. We talked about Cam Newton and Sam Darnold. What about Austin Eckler? What about Austin Eckler, Kev? Because here's the thing, right? With this offense under the kid, Justin Herbert, you need some of these other guys right now. Keenan Allen, Hunter Henry, he's making some of these other guys look better. These kids, you know, Guyton and Johnson. But you need the run game. Austin Eckler is that running back. He got signed in the offseason. We like the kid, Josh Kelly, out of UCLA, but he's had a little bit of a fumbling problem also, Kev. Talk to me about Nick Chu, uh, excuse me, about Austin Eckler, what he means. And also, I would ask you this Justin Jackson is that other running back for this team, right? So, in the same way that we talk about, you know, Williams and Hilliard in Cleveland. Do you believe in Justin Jackson, kind of as next man up? Like, would you buy or sell him on the waiver wire in fantasy this week?
2: Yeah, because it's tough to say, right? Like, they're replacing a back that neither one—it's it, hard to replace because the kind you know, Austin Eckler is a yeah, he's a unique back to to the league because he's so good as a pass catcher, but he can also do the you know the in between work if need be. And, you know, you're going to have to try and replace him by committee. Do they still trust Kelly with the fumbles? I don't know. Also, what is this team? Right? Like, that's something you always have to ask yourself. And, of course, there's value in starting running backs regardless of the team. But, you know, we kind of made the joke yesterday. If I offered you Giants running back team total as a fantasy position, how often would you actually be starting that? And I just wonder... Could the Chargers be similar in that we – I don't know what the right. production looks like. And next week they play Monday night against the Saints.
1: I don't know what that looks like. Yeah, yeah. No, I hear you. Okay. So you're kind of on the fence on, I say, like a Justin Jackson as the next man up. Let me ask you about someone else. You see Noah Fant here as a tight end with the ankle injury. You see OJ Howard with the Achilles. You know about your tight end in Philly, Dallas Goddard, who's been banged up, right? If you need a tight end, especially with OJ Howard going down, I submit... Cameron making America great again as an option, Kevin. Think about it. Now, we, we've had Godwin down, Scotty Miller down. E- Evans is banged up, right? O.J. Howard is gone. Gronk is dust these days, right? Would you feel comfortable pivoting to a guy like Cameron Brate, uh as kind of a next man up on a waiver wire? Buy or sell making America great again? Yeah,
2: I could see it. He caught a touchdown last week. who knows what's going on there I just have to ask and it's almost for my own selfish uh, concerns, am I late to the Robert Tanyan thing to where I I mean, you obviously would need to put in a high waiver claim or, or fab but like Is he owned in a high percentage of leagues? I can't imagine that's the case.
1: He is not owned in a high percentage of leagues, but my question back to you would be, do you believe what you saw is sustainable when Devontae Adams comes back? You know, I ask you about these other tight ends because of the juxtaposition, the pie. We always talk about the pie and the slices of the pie, right? I mentioned a guy like Breit because the other slices are vanishing. A guy like Tanya, yes, it was a great day. But you know, big slices are coming back, so you have to think about it not only there, but for the future as well. But no, I think he's uh, rosterable.
2: Yeah, I, I mean, my thing is, I don't need him to be Kittle and Kelsey, right? Sure. Like it's it's, it's yeah. the tight end position. Lazard is banged up, and also for like Rogers loved throwing him the football. Like he really did. He like, and I don't mean that in like he was very happy. While he was completing passes to Robert Tanya, clearly really? likes the guy, like <laughs> for whatever reason. So, and for Aaron Rodgers to like you, whew. yeah. Well, hey, man, he loves Matt on the Floor. Oh my god, Mike. Yes, could you imagine? Could you? I'm sorry, let me just
0: quickly that play calling romance could
1: be what we learn of this because the players weren't there, it wasn't no Devonte Adams. They're still putting up points. He's talking about I'm loving the play calling. Last year, they were getting into the flow. Yeah, I agree with you.
2: Packers fire Mike McCarthy. Packers go 13-3. and three. Packers mm-hmm. go to the conference championship. Cowboys hire Mike McCarthy.
1: Okay. Yeah, we'll see. Listen, let me ask you about some other targets, this time at the wide receiver, because we talked about some running back pivots. Listen, I got an eye on two guys I want to ask you, or two and a half, right? One, you've talked about, we've talked about... Uh, Michael Pittman, Paris Campbell in Indianapolis, right? Zach Pascal has been the pivot, was the leading receiver outside of T.Y. Hilton for Indianapolis. T. Higgins and Cincy, another decent game. And I think A.J. Green is kind of on his last legs. And then also, and I know this sounds crazy, but what about some of the Jets wide receivers? They got Jamison Crowder back healthy last week. You're going to potentially get... Brashard perryman and denzel mims and even Le'Veon bell potentially back in week five if you needed a wide receiver pivot would you go potentially higgins pascal or maybe even a guy like Brashard perryman coming back out of those options or maybe someone else you're thinking about who could be a wide receiver pivot for you in the fantasy world coming up on week five
2: yeah i'm not sure sh- when, when it comes to pascal i'm not sure if the Colts have to give you a fantasy viable wide receiver option They don't to the point we said right mo alley cox trey burton nagy
1: mm-hmm. Hines are out there
2: t higgins is enticing i was watching that game i don't know what like it was one of those things where i was like wait that's t higgins like why is he yeah. the biggest wide receiver i've ever seen in my entire life well, he's like 6'5.
1: Like, i remember that from clemson yeah
2: yeah like and it was one of the, like i've obviously seen t higgins before but for th- apparently this sunday like, I'm like, oh, he's the the largest of all the humans. So like, I'm super in on that. O. T. Higgins, we're like, because okay. he's basically a tight
1: end. Like, well, basically. he's a kind of he's a lanky tight end. He need to put something on his frame to be a tight end. But, but he yes, can,
2: he can be kind of that production that we saw Burrow like earlier in the year in Week Two or whatever. And, and then mm-hmm. the the last spot for me, what was the what was Buddy's name you had on the last spot there? The Jets guys. Like, what about a Bouchard yes. Perryman, so a thing. Denzel Jameson Mims? Crowder, like, remember Julian Edelman's season last year? Okay. Yeah. Now, he's he's on every team. But, like, Jameson Crowder really might give you, like, wide oh, yeah. receiver production. He's played catches, two games. He's had seven grabs and 100 receiving yards in both games. And that's not new in terms of him being Darnold's one. Yeah. So, like, and Robbie Anderson's not coming back. So, like, right. Jameson like, Jamison Crowder over, under, wide receiver, I mean, 24 and a half production, like right. pre preseason. On a per a game basis if he stays healthy. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. yeah. Like, this dude's going to produce. So, And that's why, basically, I'm not really over the moon about the Mims, paramin stuff. Because okay. it really just seems like it's Jamison. Maybe that's the nature of guys being banged up. But, boy, he loves Jamison Crowder.
1: No, he absolutely does and remember Jamison. a shot of Jamo was even a possession receiver back in his days in Washington in the slot yeah. always getting it done there. You know, Kev also. So we'll look at this obviously starting tomorrow. We'll see the practice reports for week five. We'll understand what's going on with the Tennessee Titans. We'll understand what's going on or what hurdles Cam Newton would have to clear to be available as well. But Kev, you know, in the NFL head coaches look at 16 games as chunks of four games right like little four game mini seasons like hey we gotta go three and one we gotta go two and two in those and so i want to ask you because now we've arrived at the quarter poll and so we've learned some more things about these teams so we thought it would be a good time to kind of step back a little bit and look at some of these division odds and some of the changes that have been made i want to ask you specifically about two in the nfc to start the first is in the nfc west Kev, where at the beginning of this season, everybody thought the San Francisco 49ers were a big favorite. You and I talked a little bit about Seattle. I know you have thought the Rams um, were going to be better than others and overperformed. And it's interesting to me, and, you know, the Cardinals have become a darling as well, right? So there's been movement in this division. The Niners were big minus-money favorites going in. Now it's the Seahawks with MVP favorite Russell Wilson at minus 155. The Niners are 5-1 to but getting healthy. The Rams have overperformed, and they're plus 330. And, you know, you can even get better money on the cards at plus 850. Is this Russell Wilson as the MVP running away and hiding with an undefeated team? Or do you believe a team like San Fran or L.A. can kind of get back in this race?
2: Yeah, at this point, if I had to play in this market, I'd take a swing on five to one with the team that was minus money. Two games yeah. back, sure that lost to the Eagles. I mean, their their two losses came at home, and their two wins are against the Jets and the Giants. Hard team to really figure out. They're so banged up. And look, not that long ago, I was like, this team's gonna miss the playoffs. But from a value perspective, because there really is none on the Seattle and the Rams plays. And I think Arizona is going to snuggle themselves into fourth place in this division. Uh, I, I would take a swing on the Niners at five to one.
1: Let me push you on one thing. Why is there no value on the three and one Rams at plus three thirty?
2: I guess that's uh, in the eye of the beholder because they were longer odds than that. And I, Believed in them, like I didn't need to see them go three okay. and one to believe in them that's and the fair. value to come down. So that's eye of the beholder type of stuff. But fair question right. for for others, yeah. I no, Look, three thirty a game back, and they haven't played in division yet. So right, you're you're right. I shouldn't just take it from my point of view. Absolutely, the Rams at plus three thirty.
1: No problem, and here's the thing. People have been starting to call the NFC West, the NFC best, because of all those teams that have been beating and non-divisional opponents, that sort of thing. Well, people are calling the NFC East the NFC least, and you know it very well, Kev, because your 1, 2, and 1 Philadelphia Eagles are leading the division. The Washington football team is the only team in the division that possesses a division win. They are 1-0 in division, and that is leading the out. So let's look at these odds because remember, Dallas and Philly were kind of close going into the season. Now, mm-hmm. though, Dallas at one and three are minus money. Talk to me. Do you buy into like which of these teams? Because it's all still in front of them, right? No one is running away and hiding in this division. So you're almost mm-hmm. at a flat footed tie seeing all this. Which of these teams, Kev, can get to like, you know, seven wins?
2: So here's the thing with this division, right? The Giants take them out. They're terrible. We get it. Washington. Like, look, I believed. I can't, though, because they want to bench Haskins every play. They're now signing themselves up for a disaster year. That's what happens when you instill no confidence in your quarterback. So we are where we thought we would be. It's the Cowboys and the Eagles, right? But the narrative has been that the Cowboys are going to win this thing by default. Yet after four weeks, they're not in first place. And it's not like anyone else has been good. They've been disastrous. But let me make this point to you, because people out there, might believe that Dallas is going to win this division. And that's fine. But Dan, you and I both love playing in the futures market, going deep down the board, taking a yeah. swing, and we hope when we, you know, get to December, yeah. we've got a shot, right? So Dallas is 13 to 1 to win the NFC. What is Dallas meant to do that justifies that price? Because if they win the division, it will be because the rest of the division is not good they're not going to magically get good at defense they lost key pieces tank Lawrence isn't what they paid for and their first round draft choice is a wide receiver so dallas getting in it's hard to believe that they're anything other than a first round exit but you go down the board and I know you'll hold me accountable here, but I really this is not something. Again, we're talking money. Not we're talk talking me. real bets. Like I'm I don't talking. say this stuff lightly. Arizona's twenty-two to one. They're going to finish yeah. fourth in their division. The Bears don't know who their quarterback are. They're twenty-two. Right. To the Eagles are twenty-two to one. They're only plus one twenty or plus one thirty to win that division. And here's the difference between the Eagles and the Cowboys. The Eagles, at least Dane, I can tell you, will get healthy to where even if they get in at an ugly 7 8 and 1 record their roster will improve over the course of the season that's true unlike the 13 to 1 dallas cowboys so you want value in the nfc futures market i really believe it's on the eagles at 22
1: to 1. I don't disagree with you on that. But then the question is, can any of these NFC East teams actually get all the way to actually being the conference representative? That may be a long shot. We'll talk about it more when we come back here on The Early Line.
0: SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.
1: What's going on, everybody? Back here onto the early line on Sports Grid. And Kevin and I, after four games, have an opportunity, as old Denny Green used to say. They are who we thought they were, and we are testing that now as we look into the division markets. Right, we talk about the NFC East, the NFC West, which have kind of overperformed and underperformed. In the NFC South, Kev, everyone thought it was a two-horse race coming into the season with New Orleans and Tampa, and not much has dissuaded people from that because Carolina and Atlanta haven't really popped their head up. Which of these horses are you riding? Because a lot of people are saying that maybe Drew Brees and this Saints offense is on its last. Legs, but that could also just be because there's no Michael Thomas. Which side are you on on this NFC South divisional battle, Saints or Bucks?
2: I came into the year Bucks after four weeks. It remains Bucks, and I know a lot of people when they saw the Saints beat them Week One, they were like, "Oh, this whole yeah. thing's a disaster." And look, I mean, Brady just came off a game where he threw five touchdowns, five touchdown mm-hmm. passes. Like he, they and they're and they're banged up, by the way, right? Sure, like we can do the whole Michael Godwin, Thomas. Fournette, yeah, OJ, like yeah. The bu- the Bucks are just as banged up on some of these weapons. So, and and the Bucks, there's an argument to be made. They only get better as they get more. That, that's what
1: I was going to say. You made that point about the Eagles because of health. The Buccaneers should get better also. Not only the health of some of these key players that we're talking about, but you know, chemistry with the with the goat can only build and grow, and then make that hot rod even more dangerous down the road. Yeah. So uh, for me, it's the Bucks. They're plus 105.
2: I think that's a spot where you could label it paying for information. Yes, they were a better price, but you got to watch each of these teams for right. four weeks. And look, we saw people tell you that the Saints season was over, right? So, like, to still see them at a minus number, I think you can come back here on the Bucs and uh, and feel
1: in Minnesota at the beginning of the season, Minnesota is now twelve to one. Can I get you to say there's value on your boy Nick Foles, real quick? We got like ten seconds.
2: Yes no, 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 the, the bear, the, no. The Bears are a mess. Vikings at okay. twelve to one is the value play.
1: Fair enough. When we come back, we turn our attention. You know, there's more playoffs to talk about. We go to the Major League Baseball when we come back.